everybody and welcome to episode 45 of the Classic Rock Podcast for those about to board. We salute you. On this episode, Matt and I will be discussing the latest news. It's B in the A to Z of rock this episode. We have Hidden Gems, we have Book Club of Rock, and we have some stonkingly new rock on the block. And here he is, everybody. No, he hasn't left the podcast. The sword. If he'd let me in in the April Fools, I would have been very happy. Mr. Matt Rogers, how are you, mate? Welcome back to the podcast. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it was just a bit of fun. Although a couple of people were quite pleased. Oh, great. I didn't, I didn't like him anyway. But it's Tony Iommi impersonations. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you, you know who you are. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's just a bit of fun. Just a bit of fun. Exactly. And it was April, April Fool's. You fell for it, though, didn't you? I fell for it. <laughs> I was. It was the first thing on social media I saw on 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 April Fool's Day was you know sorry to hear the departure of. <laughs> and I'm like going what? And I, as as with most things, I cooked that up when I was walking the dog. You do. Thank um, you. There you go. Um, also, thanks to everyone who donated to our recent charity um, venture. Um, we raised our target uh, for the uh, UK Charity Shelter, which provides, um, uh, well, is, is a relation to homelessness and provides or looks to provide quality housing for um, those that need it. So uh, thank you, everyone. And well done to uh, John Buchanan, who won the mug. Lucky John and to Matt Graydon, who won the, uh, I say won, will get their hands on uh, the mug and the Lives of Brian book, respectively. We'll probably do another one of those, Bri. Yes. I, I quite enjoyed that. It was quite a struggle, but um, we got there in the end. We've got but loads of mugs to, to give away, haven't we? Uh, loads. <laughs> well, less, less now, because dropped, I've dropped more recently. Oh. But, so we've got p- bits of mugs to give away now. <laughs> <laughs> which I think are probably worth more than the actual mug themselves. Now, we've got plenty of mugs. Um, if you want one, I don't know, send us an email or something. I don't know. Um, right, what you got for us, Briar? What has caught your eye, Briar? So in the news, mm-hmm. so, so Matt, so just when we thought things were calming down in the world of rock, yes. you know, Ace Frehley is calling out Paul Stanley and... And he, he was, but Ace is going to dish the dirt on Paul and Gene. And then he decides after speaking to his friends and going to an AA meeting, I'm not going to do that. Mm. We think we think the world of rock has calmed down. And lo and behold, all is not well in the land of Motley Crue, it would appear. Mm, not for the first time. Not for the first time. So we thought, we thought that Mick Mars, the wonderful guitar player that Mick Mars had mm-hmm. retired from Motley Crue mm-hmm. and he'd retired from touring yeah. and he was going to set out the tour and John Five, amazing guitar player, and they'd been playing with John, was going to, he was going to do the live shows and Mick was going to stay a member of the band. So Mick has filed a lawsuit this week mm. accusing the band of pushing him out of the group and trying to cut him out of future earnings. So um, Motley Crue, and he's also said as well too that he was the 
only member of the band who was playing all of his parts live on stage. Uh, Nicky Six's bass parts were pre-recorded, some of drum, uh, Tommy Lee's drums. And I think we featured on a show in the not-so-distant past where w- there was some footage of Tommy Lee running to his drums. Do you remember uh, that? That's right. <laughs> I do remember that, yeah. yeah. So he was running to his drums and the, and the drums had already started. So, um, yeah, so I th- more to follow on uh, on the, the, the Motley crew. And obviously... Uh, Motley Crue have responded back to say that uh, they've been carrying Mick for years and poor old Bob Daisley has, um, who we love dearly, one of my Mm. hidden gem or one of my... Unsung heroes. Thank you. You do, you do remember the features, don't you? That, you know, that's unsung heroes. <laughs> I do. I oh do. So, yes. yes. So, I think there'll be what's more. Bob, what's Bob Dades got to do with anything? Yes. Yeah, so Bob... You just wanted to throw him in. No, you no, get no. Another... You get a pound every time you mention Bob yeah, Daisley. Bob Daisley. No, Bob Daisley, um, whenever, whenever Motley, Motley Crue in the 80s, when they were supporting... Ozzy um, mm. on one of the on one of the early tours, the band were going to kick Mick Mars out of the band, and Bob Daisley convinced the the remaining members of of Motley Crue don't kick Mick out of the band because mm. as a band you have a chemistry and and he used the example of you know Lee Kerslake and uh, and himself when mm. you had the original Blizzard of Oz band you've got that chemistry don't mess with the chemistry. So he said, you know, he convinced Motley Crue to keep Mick Mars in the band. So Mm. I'm sure more to follow, Matthew, in Mm. the lovely world of Motley Crue. How about you? Um, Well, talking of, um, I don't want to be smug about this, of course, but I will be. Um, So talking of touring guitarists who retired. So Paul Quinn from Saxon, as, as we mentioned last time, has uh, retired from touring. And one of us uh, predicted it would be uh, Brian Tatler from Diamond Head who would take over. And another, lo and behold, <laughs> I thought pantomime season was over. You called it. I called it. I called it. And uh, that's great. That's good for Brian. Uh, Diamond Head are going to continue, thankfully, uh, which is good. I mean, we're in a, we're in a, an era now where, where and we probably always have been, where um, musicians, you know, can straddle two bands because they're out there to make a living. I mean, we, we've said that many times. It's gone are the days where you can sell lots of albums or tour, you know, mega stadiums. Brian Tatler, when he's not playing with Diamond Head, um, I, okay, he gets royalties from the Metallica uh, covers, but he also teaches guitar. He's a guitar teacher. So, um, you know, I'd be pleased with this exposure. Diamond Head will get some exposure and so on and so forth. But, yeah, it's good. And Saxon will continue and um, be interested. I'm interested to see it. I mean, good on Paul Paul Quinn. You know, we wish him well in his kind of retirement from touring. But, um, yeah, good to see Brian, Brian, the other Brian in my life, um, up there playing with Saxon. The only thing I would ask, Matthew, is in mm. the next time, see when Thin Lizzy or, you know, Scott Gorham mm. uh, is put, when he's putting Thin Lizzy again, can, yeah. you, can you chuck that guess in, you know, that, you know, oh, do you know who I think the new yeah. lead guitarist in Thin Lizzy should be? And can you drop my name in? I will. I know I'm I not will. very oh, good. 
No, you're not. You're not a great guitarist. You're not very good. But you know, I'll, I'll try. I'll, I'll throw it out there and see if it sticks. Maybe it that better? was the April Fool. <laughs> you keep yeah. that as an April Fool for next year, Scott. Don't yeah, don't but... reform Lizzie until next year. No, true. Um, so that was that. Yeah. So um, yeah, more to come on both those stories. One, just come back to what you said about Molly Crew, John Five. Say his real name. We, uh, you know, we talked a bit last time about. Um, <laughs> About stage names and alii. Is yes. it aliases or alii? I was thinking about that. Anyway, his name John, is John is that, Lowry. Oh, is it John okay. Lowry? Was there another Lowry? John, another John Lowry? Let's change it to something else. Who knows? John Five. Why, 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 why do I pick John Five? It's weird, isn't it? We'll have to. We'll have to do a bit at some point about how you choose a stage name. Because or just do do what Slipknot do. It's like mm. everybody's just a number. That's true. Yeah. I know what number you'd be. 15. <laughs> just sort of celebrate your 15 years at university. Years, there you go. You. Job you. done. There you mm. go. There you go. Right, should we move, <laughs> move on, on before we get to... Exactly. Get to so, oh, in, uh, another, yes. another band we feature quite a lot. Um, good news. Download is, for the first time in its new format, completely sold out, Matthew. So the is four it? nights, four nights, the, the two nights with Metallica. So if anybody wants to go to, to see Metallica this year and you've missed out on download, you can go and see Metallica... Oh, and I, th- I thought this, I genuinely thought this was an April Fool, Matt, was mm. in October, the bill for a festival, and it's called Power Trip. And the bands playing yes. on Power mm. Trip are, on the Friday night, Guns N' Roses and Iron Maiden, the mm. Saturday night, ACDC, which sounds like their only show of 2023, with right. Ozzy, and then the Sunday night, the aforementioned Metallica with Tool. Yeah. So across three nights, you're going to get effectively six massive headline acts who would be mm. headlining festivals all the world. So we'll have to start uh, raiding our piggy banks very, very soon, mm. Matthew, if we want to go to Parachip because the tickets are $599. Wow. Um, with VIP packages at $1,749, plus mm. flights, plus accommodation, plus your spending monies and shekels for beers. Um, but ACDC, live this year. Mm. I know. Uh, it, yeah, it's quite something, that bill, isn't it? I mean, uh, uh, and those bands don't come cheap. No. I don't, know what the under- I don't know what the underbill's like, but I imagine they're all being asked to pay for free. To just sort of to fund the headliners, <laughs> but you know it's okay. You can watch ACDC, everyone. So please pay for free. Great if you live in Indio, California. Imagine living just down the road. That's be great. Oh, that's on your doorstep, and uh, you know. So you just got to pay your five hundred and ninety nine dollar entrance fee, and you're in. Um, and I imagine beers are. You know, going to be like oh man, twenty bucks a piece, maybe. Absolutely. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, great, great that, you know, ACDC are back in some shape or form, of course. And whether this, will, as you say, whether this will be a flash in the pan. I have a feeling that they'll do, um, they will just do festivals. Uh, I mean, Angus Young celebrated his 68th birthday recently. And uh, as you said, Brian Johnson's in his in his mid-70s. So uh, 
I can't see them, you know, doing big global tours again. But uh, festivals like your downloads and the European festivals, and obviously this giant festival in America, um, maybe maybe the way things will play out in the next few years for ACDC, yeah. and maybe the other bands on the bill as well. Metallica recently said that they've got um, no more than ten years left of touring in them, which is obviously different to playing a couple of festivals a year. Yeah. Um, because I think, you know, they've realised that it's it's hard. It's hard, you know, going around the world and living out of suitcases and in luxurious tour buses and flying in private jets and all that sort of stuff. So it's, it's tough. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough a, a tough life for Metallica <laughs> these days, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Um, no, we, we joke, of course. Yeah. Um, Won't be too long for the new album, 72 seasons. That's true. Coming out soon. Looking forward to that. Yeah, um, so we're in new albums or new music. Mm. So um, we talked about Greta Van Fleet a couple of times on the podcast. So more recently, when we talked about their album, Battle for Gardens Gate, which we thought was fantastic. Um, they've got a similarly epic song out at the moment called Meeting the Master, uh, which is from their new album, which is due out in July, called Starcatcher. I, I already feel it's going to be... Uh, that song, Meeting the Master, is going to be in my top 10 songs of the year, if not top five. Um, listen to it. It's fantastic. We'll put it on the uh, playlist. Yeah, looking forward to that album. Good old Greta Van Fleet. The, the, the singer, how he, he's actually sounding even better on this recording. I, mm. You just want, you listen to some singers and you go, I want to hear him do that live. That is just... Mm. It's a phenomenal performance. Uh, taking nothing well away from the rest of the guys, because mu musically, you know, the drums, bass, guitar is—it's all exceptional stuff. But mm. the vocals are just—they're out of this world. I know, amazing. Yeah. Um, Josh Kiska, do you remember what his birthday is, Brian? By any chance? It's the same as yours. It is. Yay! Yes. Yay. <laughs> They they cheered in unison, which is coming up soon. Uh, right. So, uh, any other news for us, Brian? Well, talking about new music as well, too. Yes. You put me on mm -hmm. to an absolutely phenomenal, it's like new rock on the block from 1987. And a fabulous band called Gurish and the Chronicles. Back on Earth, yes. Matthew. Oh. No. The recent album came out in January. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what, what led me to, uh, to to check it out. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's got... It's, it's fantastic, isn't it? Check it out, everyone. It, it is. Uh, Garish is... I, I know where I heard Garish from or, or where the uh, news around Garish was coming from uh, for me was a band... I have to, it's, it's an episode. I've got to mention Frontier Records, Matt. Yes. Ka-ching. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, another pound in the pot, yes. <laughs> so <laughs> do you remember the band called The End Machine, who I like? It's the, mm -hmm. it's all of the members of Dokken, apart from Don Dokken. And, yeah. the, and the original singer in uh, The End Machine was called Robert Mason. So Robert's actually left um, The End Machine now. And the third End Machine album will feature Gurish. And Joel Huckstra, who we love um, from Whitesnake and 
and he's doing some shows and acoustic shows around the UK right at this moment in time. Some acoustic shows. But Joel has a, a solo career going as well and Garish is going to be singing on Joel's new album. So he's wow. he's getting, he's, he's moving in some very good rock circles at this moment in time. Mm. But um, what a great album, Matt. I... The, you know, right to hell, loaded is just, you know, the best way I can describe it, Garish has got the package. He is just that 80s glam metal hair band, but with a little bit of heavy metal in it as well. He's, yeah. Thank mm. you very much. Uh, 15 pounds well spent in my local record store, Matthew. Very for, good. For Garish. Very good. Excellent. Yeah, some good songs there. I'm packed with rock and roll cliches. Um, and uh, the obligatory ballad, Yesteryears, which is pretty good. Yeah. But yeah, it's got some great songs on it. Um, yeah, check it out. Back on Earth by Girish and the Chronicles. We'll put some um, songs on the old uh, playlist from that. Um, I also drew your attention to, in the new rock world, new rock on the block, um, an album called an album called Fearless from Crown Lands. Um, now this is this has only been out a couple of weeks. Um, interesting album, right? Very much in the progressive rock genre. In fact, my friend Richard Monk uh, drew my attention my attention to it, and I passed it on to you. Um, what did you uh, What did you think about uh, Fearless by Crown Lands, right? Matthew, I thought that this album was a secret album made by Rush in 1979. That era of Rush that I like, that, you know, sort of permanent waves, mm. moving pitches era, the, the, the soaring vocals. I can't believe that the, you know, Cody and Kevin are actually Canadian as well, too. Mm. Uh, it just, yeah, new, bro new rock on the block, uh, reminiscent of 1980s Rush. We're in that territory, aren't we, around kind of mm. Kingdom Come, Led Zeppelin, Crownlands mm. and and Rush. There's there's quite a lot of similarities. Great album. If you, if you want some new prog, go and check out Crownland, Fearless. Yeah. Great. No, I, I would agree. I, I don't. I don't really know what to think of it. To be honest with you, I mean, it, it, I, I, I sensed it was more sort of hemispheres. Farewell to Kings era rush. Okay. Uh, late seventies, because um, there are bits of it you think, hang on a minute, that sounds a bit like Sanadu or Villa Strangiato or you know whatever. That said, uh, it is good. I mean, if you want to really immerse yourself into into something which is contemporary prog, albeit heavily influenced by Rush, and yeah. I think they. They, you know, they hold their hands up. It's from the same part of Canada as Rush, um, uh, an excellently named place called Oshawa, mm -hmm. on, on Ontario. Um, just the two of them, as you say, two guys, just, you know, um, amazing musicianships. Um, so, yeah, check it out. Um, Fearless by Crownlands. And the, um, the album cover is very kind of uh, Roger Dean meets oh, isn't it just? Matthews. Yeah. Great stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so um yeah some, some as as always some good some good music out um more to come we talked about earlier with Greta Van Fleet and Metallica so um 
Yeah, it's going to be tough when we choose our albums of the year, Brian, this year. It is. and but, but That is a long, long way off. It's a long, long way. But one artist we cannot, and band that we cannot, this is our opportunity, and uh, Lord Vivian of Campbell would not forgive us hmm. if we didn't give a mention to the new Last in Line album, which was released a few days ago. Um, Jericho, uh, it was released on the 31st of March. Um, obviously last in line, um, we've got two, uh, original members from the, from the Dio band, uh, Vinny Apice and Vivian Campbell, Phil Suzanne, who, uh, joined the band after the, uh, sad passing of Jimmy Bain. The album is a lot more rock and it has a bit of a psychedelic feel to it, but I would, you know, Not Today Satan, which is the lead off track, um, Ghost Town, Burning Bridgers, it's even Walls of Jericho. It's a great, great album. Um, but the star of the show and the star of the album for me is Andrew Freeman. Andrew's singing on the album is just. Wow, he's just sounding really good. Last and Line are now starting to have their own sound, Matt. You know, they've, you know, I'm sure they will still play some Dio era, you know, classics. Um, but a very, very strong album um, from from Vivian and Co. So Last and Line, Jericho, out now, go and get it. So, Brian, that brings us to our new feature of Book Club of Rock. Yep. We haven't got a jingle for it yet, have we, really? No. We have to, we have to work on one. Maybe with your limited musical ability, you could sort something out. Okay. Um, so this um, is... Because uh, you know I'm a very prolific reader, Brian. You are indeed, as am I, I am. now. Well, yes. Uh, well, under duress, you are. <laughs> um, but, you know, I do read... Uh, do you know what? I'm, I'm, I joke about it. I'm, I'm more now like... One book a month. Okay. Um, which I think is pretty uh, admirable because I'm traveling more now, you know, kind of, we're now going to the office, I'm moving around. And so I, uh, I, I, I read, which is nice. Um, so this book is, um, it's an absolute cracker of a book. Um, it's a few years old now. It's uh, Mustaine, A Life in Metal. Um, it's the autobiography of uh, Dave Mustaine. Uh, for those who don't know, Dave Mustaine is the um, basically the lead guitarist, lead singer of Megadeth, and has been since uh, the early eighties. Um, it's a really good read. It's really well written. Um, it's quite poignant in places, uh, quite uplifting. Um, he's had a tough ride over the years. Famously fired by Metallica before their first album was recorded back in 83 uh, because of his overindulgence in mainly in in alcohol. But over the years, he's been through various um, drug rehabilitations. Um, He was from uh, essentially a a very difficult kind of upbringing um, in his his early home life. Uh, And like a lot of... um, a lot of people found some sort of degree of comfort in uh, in music, but it's built up Megadeth over the years, and this is essentially his story and the story of Megadeth. Um, numerous personnel changes, um, again similar indulgences to to Dave himself, but these days he's clean, uh, he's sober, he's a born again Christian. He's recently recovered from cancer. He's had so many things thrown at him, but he's uh, he's still going strong. He's resolved his differences with, with Metallica. Um, 
And as I say, it's a really good read. It's a few years old now. It doesn't deal with his, his cancer in the last few years, but um, yeah, well worth checking out. It's a, it's a really good read. Uh, Mustaine, A Life in Metal. There you go. I will have. I will, I will give that a read, Matthew. You'll read the summary on uh, Amazon, won't you? I can tell. <laughs> Do you know what? I, I think there people like Dave. You know, there's always a villain of the piece, isn't there? In the in the history of a band, or, or there, yeah. you know. And I have to say, having watched the some kind of monster, whenever Dave um, comes in, and you know they're they're working through their issues, and I always I I'll not get this right when when Dave is, is speaking to Lars and I'm not sure if James is there, but he talks about mm. his little Danish friend and, and Dave's really reaching out, you know, he's, he's, mm. you know, he, he, he really had a tough time following his exit from Metallica and, and, you know, he, he, he had a really rough time of it. Uh, and he's come, as you say, he's come out the other end, and he and he, he's probably now one of the godfather godfathers of metal. And mm. I, he would, if he had, if he had, I know in the uh, in in recent magazines and online, you know, he'd push for another big four. You know, he'd like to get the yeah. the Anthrax, Slayer, Metallica, Megadeth up to all play again. So yeah, mm. he comes across as a really really sincere guy, and and you know, Marty Friedman. Um, when when Megadeth were playing in Japan recently, you know Marty Friedkin, Friedman came out and played with the band. So mm. no ill feeling, you know. He seems to have, yeah, he seems a really really good guy. He is, yeah. You're right. I mean, he's resolved all his differences with the Metallica boys, with yeah. with the guys that he's had to uh, let go from Megadeth. And it's also a good opportunity for me to put loads of Megadeth songs on the uh, <laughs> on the playlist, of course. So that's the real reason why I've reviewed this book. Yay! <laughs> Um, so that was uh, Book Club uh, Rock excellent. for another episode. So Matthew, um, so for this episode, I get the the pleasure of choosing the unsung hero, and the yes. unsung hero I'm picking. Which we need a we need a jingle for as we well. We need a jingle we? for it as well too. I, I think, think I think it should be similar to the other other uh, jingle unsung hero time. <laughs> I feel this is going to be a variation in the theme just to save us from copyright, Matthew. Exactly, because we're, we're, we're going to have to sue ourselves now <laughs> for plagiarism. Exactly. We will, be the, we will be the new millennia's version of John Fogarty. That's right. I am going to sue myself. So um, this uh, episode's unsung hero um, that, that I've chosen is sadly uh, a musician who's just recently passed away but when i mention uh, the work and the catalog of this gentleman you will know that he is a very very worthy unsung hero this man is ian bernson i know everybody once i say this band and this song everybody's going to be thinking this so ian was the guitar player in the 70s band pilot who had couple of big big singles very multi-layered vocals um the single i remember which was magic and mm. i know everybody who's on the podcast is oh, they're all going to be going oh 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 it, yeah it's fabulous and then you had january um so ian mm. was the guitar player um in uh in pilot and a lot of the members of pilot um ian and and Davy Payton. So Davy Payton was the bass player and the singer in Pilot. 
um, were core members of the Alan Parsons Project, um, which was very progressive uh, rock band in the 70s. But where I know Ian from, and um, again, an excuse for me to put some Kate Bush on the playlist, Ian was the guitar player um, on Kate Bush's five of her albums, and he plays the guitar solo at the end of her debut single, Withering Heights. So that glorious guitar, a lot of people, when they hear that, put that solo down to... Well, Dave Gilmore must have played it. No, it was played by uh, Ian Berenson. So we'll stick some Pilot and mm. some Kate Bush on the playlist for Ian Berenson, who was my unsung hero for this episode, map. Very good. Very good. I remember Pilot. Yeah, yeah I do yeah. remember them. As you say, January and Magic and, uh, and so on. And you're right, I was in the camp of thinking that, that solo was played by Dave Gilmore. But um, I stand corrected after all these years. There you go. Yeah. So, Brian, that brings us to the latest episode in the new feature, the A to Z of Rock. So, we did A last time, which brings us to, of course, the letter B. Yes. B for Brian. As I said, we're doing this in sequential, dare I say, alphabetical order. So, B this week. But you um, say... B for Brian, but yes. if I if you were going to put me in the A to Z of rock, you'll have me in an M because we're doing that's true. Surnames. Yes, yes, we established that last time, didn't we? we? Did. we did, yes, yeah. the it's the surname which is the uh, the the deciding factor yes. as to where you sit in the. Um, I'll be way down the list. Obviously, I'm way in the future. Well, the the thing is, you know, with the greatest respect, mate. Yes, you know, you you your name is Rogers, and I yes. think when we get to R, if I have to choose between. You and Paul Rogers. Yes. Sorry, mate. I'm char- oh, that's charming. <laughs> but I, I totally understand. Anyway, let's stick with B. So, Brian, there's only really one place to start. Yeah. The letter B. The gods, the godfathers, the founders of heavy metal, maybe. <sighs> Black Sabbath. Yes. Now, normally this is an excuse for me to do my Tony Iommi impersonation, but I won't this time because I think we've had enough of that for a while. I shall revisit that when we get to uh, I for Iommi, but not T for Tony, as we established last time. Black Sabbath, right. Uh, Called it a day a few years ago. Not surprising because they started in 1968. they, They were called Earth, weren't they, originally? Well, they were called. Uh, they were called. They were called Earth briefly. They were briefly also called the Polka Talk Blues Band, um, which uh, I'm glad they dispensed with that. To be honest with you, <laughs> can't imagine <laughs> that band playing war pigs, can you? No, exactly. Um, but yeah, formed in uh, formed in 1968. I mean, essentially, the the, the lineup that lasted uh, well, for the majority of their, their career. Really, I mean, they've had a, they've had a, quite a, a number of different members in the latter years, of course. But essentially, I think most people remember them for the classic um, Tony Iommi, uh, Geezer Butler, Bill Ward, Ozzy Osbourne lineup. Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, just just amazing songs um, over the years. Of course, Paranoid, I think, is probably their most well known song. 
um, along with War Pigs and uh, Iron Man, Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, and so on. Um, just, just amazing, amazing band, amazing, amazing legacy. And you know, as as we've said once or twice, really, I suppose you could kind of trace it all back to Tony Iommi uh, chopping the tops of his fingers off, having yeah. to use would use. Uh, lighter gauge strings on his guitar or detune. I mean, you know a little bit about playing a guitar, not much, but I mean, you know, that he would have had to kind of obviously allow for his um, damaged fingers and and the rest is history. Obviously had a resurgence with Ronnie Dio in the 80s, which I think is a, an, an amazing era, uh, uh, Heaven and Hell and um, Mob Rules era. It's, uh, yeah, we couldn't start anywhere else but with Black Sabbath, Brian. And, and to bring it right up to date, um, this year, I believe that Black Sabbath will be re-releasing um, remastered versions of the Live Evil album, which mm. famously, I believe, is the album where where it all went wrong for for Ronnie, Ronnie and mm. Tony when when people were going into the the studio and allegedly allegedly um, turning turning bits down in the mix, either drums mm. too loud or vocals too high or yeah. So it's it's getting it's getting the whole remastering reissue. Um, live evil, but you can't stand anywhere heavier than Black Sabbath. It's very true. So, well, what you got for us in the, well, the world I, of the bees? Isn't it funny? You black's probably going to be a theme <laughs> mm. um, in in this bee because for me, um, there there seems to be more than one man in black, Matthew. Mm. To me, the man in black is Richie Blackmore. The, yes. the mystique is, but obviously Johnny Cash can lay claim to the man in black as well too. But I, for for our pod, our little podcast, the man in black for me is Mr. Richard Hugh Blackmore, hmm. a founding member of Deep Purple. Um, you know. Deep Purple's catalogue, you know, maybe when we get to R and we talk about riffs, probably, you mm. know, you've mentioned Paranoid, probably one of the, the greatest rock and roll riffs of all time or heavy metal riffs is Smoke on the Water. So, Richie, what more can we say? Richie Blackmore, Deep Purple, Rainbow. He's obviously playing his traditional folk music with Blackmore's Night. He's been doing for mm. 25 years. Resurrects Rainbow now and again. But... We can't have the A to Z of rock and bees without Mr. Richie Blackmore. No, indeed. Yes, good shout. Mm. Again, one of the uh, one of the masters and one of the founders of, I guess you could say, the most influential rock musicians there's ever been. Um, you mentioned Paul Rogers earlier, actually, of course, the great Paul Rogers, probably without a doubt our favourite singer. Um Oh, yeah. <laughs> but of course, back in 1974, formed what ah, we... Yeah, you see what I did like there? That. Bad and, company. Uh, who were... Uh, uh, I forget what it's called. You know, when you bring different people from different bands together. <laughs> uh, they were one super of the first group. examples. That was it. <laughs> on, the, on the first super groups, uh, Paul Rogers and um, Simon Kirk from Free, of course, Boz Burrell from King Crimson, and Mick Ralph's from what the hoople and i was i was listening to the first bad company album recently and and uh, considering it was released in 1974 it's absolutely amazing it is nearly 50 years ago and it's just it i mean we we many times we've talked about 
albums and bands staying the test of time. But I mean, this album, the first Bad Company album, start to finish, just amazing. Some great, great songs on there. Um, and they carried it on through their career. Um, and, and still, as you said, a bit like, um, a bit like Richie Blackmore and his rainbow, uh, still, still pop up every now and again. We've seen them a couple of times over the years. We've mentioned on the old podcast, but I mean, we can't, we can't have beings without bad company. Can we? Amazing band. Yeah. We often talk about, um, artists, new, new bands and their debut albums, and you don't get much better, um, than Bad Company's debut album. And as you say, an album that was um, released 49 years ago. Interestingly, Matt, when you talk about 1974 and the release of Bad Company's debut album, another album that was released and probably my favourite album, beginning with B, is Burned by Deep Purple, um, which features Richie Blackmore. It would have been phenomenal to be a fan um, and living in 1973, 74, um, where... Gillen and Glover have left the band. You know, you mentioned Paul Rogers. You know, uh, Paul Rogers was was possibly going to be joining Deep Purple. Mm. Um, you know, and that was one of the reasons why Glenn Hughes was going to join uh, Deep Purple because he thought he would be singing and playing alongside um, Paul Rogers. But Burn, you know, the debut album of David Coverdale. Uh, it's it, and and a, probably a bit like bad company you listen to burn today um mm. and it's just it's a masterpiece so Absolutely. for me matt um i i offer burn from deep purple as my album of the bees <laughs> yeah tremendous tremendous you're absolutely right from top to toe an absolutely uh, marvelous album burn might just take your life Mistreated's on there, You Fool No One, and so on. Songs that were covered by Whitesnake in the early period of mm. of of, uh, of of their um, career. But yeah, timeless songs. Good stuff. And and a band I know you love, and, yes. and, a, and a band that I know you'd love to see if they could ever, if hopefully they'll get back together one day, is the Temperance Movement. And the Temperance mm. Movement brought an album out of some rarities and live tracks, and That's they right. actually do a version really great version of you full no one with ian pace on drums so right. we'll put if we can put that on the playlist as well too matt because ian pace's drumming is great but the temperance movement it sound really good on it as well too so great great rock and roll cover of a yeah we'll put all the versions on yeah it's such a good song <laughs> white snake deep purple temperance yeah. movement good stuff another b which mm -hmm. if you're not a rock fan in the 70s and 80s and now of course, maybe a bit of a comeback, probably for nostalgia reasons. Is the good old battle jacket? Oh no! Now I'm never quite sure what they're called battle jackets. But you had, you had one, of course, didn't you, Brian? With your famously with your meatloaf bat out of hell. Oh, how rock I was! Um, another another amazing B album, the Bat Out of Hell album, of course. But yeah, your um, your famous. Um, you found that jacket yet, Brian? No. Thankfully, so you got it when you went to see your mum. <laughs> birthday but okay we look forward to that um yeah the good old battle jacket I'm not sure we used to call him that cut off denim back in the day or um just denim jacket but uh, of course adorned with patches and and painting and embroidery and so on you i remember being very creative in the early days with the old needle and thread and uh 
and then painting and obviously then embellishing it with patches and studs and everything. But um, they become quite an art form now. Needless to say, with the arms cut off, but I don't think the arms cut off is a, is is compulsory. Um, did you have your arms cut off, Brian? Well, I, was, I didn't. Mine, my, no. I, 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 I was going to ask you, you know, was a battle jacket, was it, was it arms off or arms on? I think it's either. Okay. I think it's either. I think because because the arms give you more patch territory and to you exploit. can wear it over your leather jacket. That to me, battle yeah. jackets over your leather jacket. Yeah, yeah. But um, I don't know why it's called battle jacket because most rock people and, and heavy metal people are very placid. But I guess you're going into into battle and you know with the concert and uh, as I've said many times when I used to go in it was a bit of a fight sometimes to get my hair I was in row three and my hair was in row 33 that was a bit of a battle trying yeah. you know get, get hold of my hair <laughs> but those days have gone right they, they have they have the good old battle to, to be combined quite often with your bullet belt oh of course I had a bullet belt um I'll tell you a quick story I wore it to a party once and uh, for some reason, must have been about 15, and uh, leaning up, lean, leaned up against uh, someone's fridge in the kitchen, because all, all good parties in those days took place in the kitchen for some reason. No matter how big the rest of the house was, everyone was in the kitchen. Um, and, um, yeah, I managed to scratch the gouge bullet marks into the top of this lovely hot point fridge, which, um, yeah, I did get... Uh, <laughs> I did get mentioned afterwards. <laughs> I think I think the parents let me off. God bless them. So yeah, I, I battle wore, jackets and bullet belts. I wore a bullet belt once, Matthew. Did you? I did. I wore it at the sixth form Christmas concert when I was playing in the school band, and I wore a pair of fake leather trousers with a bullet belt. And, wow. and and it, it it wasn't my finest look. Thankfully, there isn't mm. any um, footage of it. And I had a Fender Stratocaster, and I was petrified, Matt, of mm. <laughs> of scoring the back of my setting fire to yourself. <laughs> the leather trousers, trousers. Exactly. So yeah, mm. but but do you know what? If you want if you want one for your birthday, mate, I can get you one for nine ninety nine on Etsy. I'm 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 fine. Thank Are you sure. <laughs> Yeah, I'll survive. So that's it. That's it for the bees. Bees, yes. Notable mentions, of course. Bon Jovi. We've mentioned them a few times. We've got a Bon Jovi. Boston. The city, the band. The city has spawned extreme. And Aerosmith, of course. Yeah. Um, various other bands with black in their title. Blackstone Cherry. Black Country Commun Communion. Black Star Riders. Blackberry Smoke. Oh, my goodness. The colour black <laughs> is obviously ubiquitous throughout rock, as you mentioned. Absolutely. Budgie. Backman Turner Overdrive. Yes, BTO. We'll put a few of their non-you-ain't-seen-nothing-yet songs on the old playlist, of course. And let's not forget uh, the first lady of rock, in my opinion, Pat Benatar. Yes, amazing. Oh, I can sense this playlist is going to be amazing. We'll put some bad Pat Benatar stuff on there as well. So that was it. Yep. Next time, it's going to be the letter C. Yes. Brought to you by the letter C. So, Matthew. Yes. We come to the final chapter in this episode of For Those About to Pod, We Salute You. And we mm -hmm. cannot finish the show without... Hidden Jim's eyes. 
Yes, thanks, Lola. That was great. Just like every other time. Exactly, Fantastic. exactly. Although Thank I you. do try to get my vocal on it, but you you never let me, you know. No, please don't. Please okay, don't, Brian. Okay. So my hidden gem, Matthew, mm. for this episode is a band that we will see early on the bill at the Stalehouse Festival this year on the Saturday, no late, and they're going to be playing at midday. They've been quite specific. It's wow. a wonderful band called Austin Gold. So, Austin Powers? No, <laughs> Austin Gold. <laughs> so Austin Gold, they've played, they've, they've played at Rambling Man. Um, Classic Rock has given them some uh, great reviews in the past. They released, I don't know how we missed it last year, uh, they released um, an album last year called Those City Lights. And I've been listening to one of the last singles off the album, which is called Mountain, and just took me into their new album. It's in that It's in that lovely Southern rock uh, feel, you know, uh, there's so much great music about, about it at the moment. Like, you know, the likes of the Karma Effect. You know, you t- turned me on to Dirty Honey. But um, check out everybody. The album, uh, a real great hidden gem. Those City Lights from Austin Gold, who will be playing at the Steelhouse Festival this year on the Saturday. So we will see them, mate. Mm. Mm. Yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, I've heard a few... A few <laughs> few songs of theirs uh yeah they're good aren't they mm. really good um yeah looking forward to seeing them midday so would you make it <laughs> midday you know what you're like as long as you don't you know. make me go to the disco on friday night i'll promise that okay all right but, uh yeah we should be all right for midday that's a good shout mm. good shout check that out put some songs on the uh on the playlist austin gold of course not austin powers um <clears throat> so uh i've got another book actually Okay. Oh, my goodness. I am prolific. I should have saved this for a book club of rock, but I'm going to go with it anyway. So do you remember Kelvin, our um, our social media guru? Yeah. Erst, erstwhile. Erstwhile. Social media guru. Good old Kelvin. Well, he he made this. He gave me this recommendation uh, a little while ago, and I, I remembered it. And I, um, I, I, I've been reading it recently. I haven't quite finished it, but um, it's an excellent book. Uh, it's called um, Never a Dull Moment. The story of 1971, rock's, rock's golden year. Now, um, many may argue, and many many people have got their own uh, personal view of rock's golden year. For me, it was 1980. Uh, for you, it's probably 85, 86, Brian. Yeah. But this this um, this is written by David Hepworth, who turned 21 in um, 1971, um, and um, it's a really good read. It deals with um, uh, a lot of. The uh, a lot of the bands, a lot of releases, all ge- all genres that were released in 1971 from the Stones, Rod Stewart, Carole King, and so on, and it explores a lot of the events uh, of that year, um, a lot of what was going on in the world, and uh, it's a really really good read. It's as I say, it's excellently written by David Hepworth, who's a who's a very well known, very respected journalist, and um, yeah, I. Simple as that. Recommend it. It's available on um, on Amazon. Um, got some great reviews, and I will add to those reviews because it is a really, really good book. So, 1971, Never a Dull Moment by David Hepworth. Check it out, boys and girls. Fabulous recommendation, um, Matt. Really good. And David Hepworth as well, too, um, as much as writing the books. Um, mm. If you go into, well, you know, um, well-stocked, 
um, record stores as well too. Um, for some of the years that David has looked at, he does um, supporting albums as well too, which go along with the book as well. So yeah, great shout. 1971. Mm. Fabulous. So Brian, that's it. The end of another episode. Episode 45. Done. Enjoy that. I thought it was fab. I'm desperate. I want to get through to episode 50 at some point, Matt, because then we can do the top 50 albums that are 50 years old. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, we should do that. Yeah. Do you think anybody would notice if we skipped to episode 50 at the next episode? Yeah, I think it would. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, I would. Um, I like to do things in order, right? Uh, okay. <laughs> As we know with the oh, A to Z of Brock. Okay, okay, fair enough. But that's it. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll yep. see you next time. And uh, take care of yourselves. Be good to each other. And uh, We're on all usual social media channels, so you'll get us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, yeah, check us out. And thanks again for everybody who donated to Shelter and for our prize fund winners we'll get all of your presents off to you very soon and we'll do one in the very near future as well too so thanks for supporting that we will see you all next time bye for now bye everyone bye that's about a pub we salute you is a mainly rogers production